Welcome back to episode 26 of Touchline Thoughts, powered by the Garage Door Sports Network. I'm Murphy Manji. This week, we've had amazing drops via our brand new Instagram page. I am proud to say we have a new logo, and now I'm going to introduce a new co-host. That's right. I won't be alone anymore. In fact, this person has been on our show before. Their name is Psych. I'm just joking. We'll catch you in about 30 seconds where I will unveil said co-host. I love surprises. The moment we have all been waiting for. Welcome to the show as a co-host, Paige Culver. This is great news. I know this has been in the works for quite some time um, and it finally took off. So how do you feel and, and welcome to the show? Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. And now as a co-host, I'm super, super excited. So again, thanks for asking. And yeah, I'm excited to for this to be the first episode. For sure. I mean, especially when you were on for like four episodes in a row, I was like, well... <laughs> it kind of makes sense it's like it was like a ritual for like a solid six weeks where you oh for sure yeah um, we well for, we do and for our listeners to know that we when we did drop our instagram page Paige will be our social media expert so if you have questions expert. on how she does how she does her reels and posts and whatnot um that's her anything that looks bad that's me because i don't know what i'm doing um no. but everything together is done by her and it's great um you've actually taken over the 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 poll as well the last couple of weeks too so you've been you've been behind the scenes for quite some time this is just coming this is just coming so yeah guys I'm here now thanks <laughs> yeah well welcome to you uh once again and and I know the network's super happy to have you and then so am I so thank you great awesome yeah I'm excited um should we get into our starting 11 segment let's do it all right, so today's starting 11 is brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and Chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisine from around the world. They deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. So should we talk about the disaster that was the Super League? The short-lived Super League? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> oh, God. What are your thoughts on it? Are you for it? Are you against it? What a mess. First of all, what a mess. It was like Sunday they came out with it. And then literally the next day or the day after it's like, um, so yeah, people don't like this. So I guess we're going to back out of it. Um, it was, it was, I don't think, and I've told you this before, I think, I don't think it should have happened as a breakaway league, maybe like a preseason tournament or um, have champions of previous years sort of played together in this massive round and every year the new winner comes in and then the the former winner or not the former winner the one from like 20 years ago comes out so it's like a it's like a clean cycle yeah yeah and whether like I didn't understand the fact that all 15 teams would be guaranteed and only five teams would be eliminated every year or something like that and it was like that doesn't give me an incentive to want to be in this tournament right it's like a boys club it's like a private it's like a it's a private league you you know you got to pay to get into it and um what are your thoughts on the what FIFA did to kind of brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant? I mean, when you take away uh, the pride of of a country, men, if you say to Paul Papa, you can't play for France as we're defending World Cup champions or whatnot, um, or Angola Conte, who's an absolute engine, is saying mm-hmm. to him that you can't play, and he's like, "But this is what I want to do." Right. And obviously, I'm just giving French examples, but there's Spanish teams that, um, like the Spanish national team, who has fantastic players as well, who go, well, no, we're, we've won the last 10 years. We want to be there. Right. Um, good on FIFA. Good for UEFA. I'm kind of hoping that UEFA is hard, and I know that's going to be on one of our teams, but um, if it's going to, if this means to stop teams from from trying to break away, why not? Like, Well, I know we've talked about, you know, there being kind of these like punishments for these clubs Mm -hmm. that join the league. And I know they haven't done anything in the uh, Premier League yet. What do you think would be like a a viable punishment for these teams? Yes, this might be. um, I don't know. I don't think people agree with me when I say this, but I think everyone this year who took part of it needs to be deducted an X amount of points. So that means so I'm going to just pull up the table while I say this, but um, 
Like, I, I, I think that, you know, take away 20 points for a team or like, you know, if Arsenal loses 20 points, they're in the relegation zone. If right. Chelsea loses 20 points, they don't actually win anything. Um, you know, like I'm just trying to do the math here, but I say I mean, make 20 a massive... points is hefty. 20 points is like, well, I mean, you've seen your te- season, you know, it's true. But then you see teams where if they gamble or they've bought someone out, especially in the Italian league, they get deducted so much more. Right. So like, I think this is a form of cheating in a way because, you know, you're trying to show money flash and say, well, I have money and this is what I'm going to do. And so I want to make more money. And it's like, okay, but there's clubs like Leeds or Everton or West Ham who sit in fifth for some reason, um, who, you know, would say, well, that's not fair or Leicester in fourth, right? So if you take away 20 points from city right away, Leicester's winning this, this division. Actually, right, it's gonna. Right. It's really funny. If you take twenty points away from City, they can still win the championship because that's how far ahead they are. Oh my god! Because they can this. win, and and Leicester can lose their next two games. But mm-hmm. it's. Um, I mean, the, the league's still going on, so I mean, anything could happen at this point. I'm okay with uh, with teams getting points deducted, and even if that yeah. means United or Liverpool losing points, then so be it. It just stops you from doing that. And if that means players next season decide, well, I want to leave now. There's that, right. or maybe UEFA should say everyone that's on a contract on these big teams, their contracts are nullified after the season. They can go wherever they want. And if they want right. to stay. Cause we, I mean, I'm sure you saw it on social media too. The players were 100% against mm-hmm. their clubs joining this league and, and the fans were against it because the fans felt that the, the, the teams should be more focused towards the fans. And this takes that away. And I of read course. something that said, you know, you don't get excited about the big games because they're played every week. You get excited about the big games because they're played, you know, once a month or, or once every two months. So mm-hmm. it kind of takes away the, the excitement of, of the leagues. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the idea of this Super League was, was a nightmare. What do you think in terms of, so in Germany, they have mm-hmm. the like 50, 50 plus one ownership rules where the, yeah. the, the fans have part ownership of the club. I know it's been criticized that maybe the, the league isn't as competitive because of this, but I think in this kind of a situation, maybe it helped them in terms of the Super League, like the fans being able to keep their teams a little bit. What do you think mm-hmm. about this in, in happening in like a Premier League or a Spanish League or something like that? I believe that. Uh, quite some time ago that that was sort of the rule where teams were owned by the fans themselves and eventually when they couldn't upkeep it it sort of got sold and became more of a business than an actual football club right um i'm okay with the german league doing it because like yes they call it the the farmers league or whatnot but when you look at the that when the fans are in the stadium it's fun like you might not see the best football but it's fun like if you go off to schalke and dortmund and i know schalke is headed the wrong way but that matchup is always fire. It's always fierce. And like when the fans are going at it, especially in Dortmund or in Schalke, it's just like, this is great. Or when Bayern fans at home in a massive Champions League match, like how great is the fanship right. there, right? So I think that that could be something to implement in the future, whether or not, you know, the Glazers decide to sell their $10 billion quoted business remains to be seen. I mean, if there's enough fans out there that give $10 each, you have a share of the, the company, but. Well, and I think we've seen the importance of the fan this season, especially considering there hasn't been fans allowed in the stadiums. And mm-hmm. I think just having the fan presence alone makes a huge difference to the game. Like you said, like at these big games in Germany, like it doesn't matter if the football sucks because the fans are having a great time. Like you want to be a part of that. So I mm-hmm. think this season, especially we've seen the importance of the fans bring even mm-hmm. if they're ownership or just there to support the team or whatever, I think it makes a yeah. huge difference. Yeah. And to backtrack a little, I know I said farmers league, but it's not a farmers league. No, it's not. No, like You're talking the... about some of the best players in the world. Being exactly. There. And, and you know what? I don't think I appreciated the Bundesliga until the lockdown last year where more games were on TV and, and that was the only league at the time. Right. And you, you, you tend to appreciate soccer when you don't have it. Right. So, um, Obviously, I was like, well, I, I like Bayern and I like Dortmund, but in recent times, I'm like, Uchen Gladbach's very good. RB Leipzig plays a very good game. Hell, Wolfsburg's in fourth, right? Or right. the third or whatever. And you're like, this is competitive. There's six solid clubs. You have Frankfurt, who probably wouldn't be in the mix three years ago, and they are. So right. 
this is joke this league isn't a joke is what i'm trying to say it's not a farmer's league and and i'm and i'm seeing this at in league one as well right we were talking about psg killing it well no there's always been four very good teams in france it's just you yep. don't hear about them right unless you're watching it a little bit more and like you said like the lockdown kind of gave you that appreciation for it because it was on tv it was the only football matches being yeah. shown so if you wanted if you're a football fan you're gonna watch it so yeah so for fans who go out and say well you know like let's go quickly to the women's game here it's like when fans go out and say to you that oh well it's not on tv so i'm not gonna pay attention to it well look how important it is to put it on national tv, TV. oh yeah right like i wasn't gonna go and stream a bundesliga game unless it's like byron against dortmund no offense but that's just how right. it was before but now it's like well no it's on tv so i don't have an excuse not to watch it well and actually on that note there was a really good um i think they're a pod they're either a podcast or like an interview and i saw it was um two players that play for orlando pride the women's side mm-hmm. and they were talking about how you know, we kind of touch upon this all the time about the equality in the women's and the men's game. And they were saying, just give us the opportunity, put us on TV and see who comes to watch. Don't, it's not the fight for money all the time. It's the fight for opportunity. And like, like we've seen in the the German league, if you put it on TV, people are going to watch it. If it's the only thing to watch, people are going to watch it. So if you put the women's game on TV, people are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is my always my big argument about it. I'm no, big, but it's uh, true. And I think like even the FAWSL, for example, the games that do come on national TV in Canada, for example, those are like 6.30, 7.30 in the morning. Why not give them primetime spots? Right. You know, right. it's the national, the international break and some players didn't go off and you're, you know, rescheduling or something or don't have international breaks at the same time. So when that happens, you can you can go back and forth between games um again it's about viewership it's it's not only about money and i think you're completely right about it. yeah the money plays a huge factor because it's everything's a business whether we want to well, admit yeah. it or not but um what do you think about the afterthought about the super league when they said that oh yeah we're gonna now do the women's league like i oh, felt my that was like you were probably close to it because you've seen the players um like, what'd you make of that part especially because it was an afterthought well i mean the fact that it was an afterthought doesn't surprise me because that's kind of the um, idea around the women's game is that it is an afterthought. So it wasn't surprised about that, but people were definitely getting nervous on the women's side because the, the end of the seasons are coming up. So that means players are moving, players are trying to find other teams. And now you throw in this idea of a super league. Now you have to think, okay, if they're implementing these rules on the men's side, maybe they'll implement the same rules on the women's side. So do I go to a team that's going to be in the super league? Do Mm -hmm. I make that transfer now? Because if I sign a two, three, four year contract and the super league goes through, does that Mm -hmm. potentially ruin my career? So I'm happy it didn't go through. I'm disappointed. It it was still an afterthought on the women's side, but I think it would have hurt the women's game more than anything to have the super league on on the men's and the women's side i think it would have totally destroyed the women's game because would have given a negative image 100 and the whole you know right now you're fighting for equality and and you know um equal rights and equal opportunity and things like that and this i think could have been the absolute downfall like the breaking point for the women's game and it's unfortunate because there's so much work being done to improve just viewership, right? And yeah. so, I mean, it's the little things for the women's side that really make a huge difference. And and having something like this, I think, would have been a nightmare, an absolute disaster. So I'm happy it didn't go through on yeah, either sure. side. Yeah. What, what the you know i'm not sure if you you've seen this but remember in the nc2a march madness where the women's um facilities are very different compared to the yeah. men's is that something you see now within your league as 100%. well or like mm-hmm. yeah you yeah, want to so, just don't explain that sure so on the you know the top teams let's say leon psg in my league um mm-hmm. they have great facilities they do the women it, for Lyon, for example, the women's stadium is right next to the men's stadium. The men's stadium, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it massive. It's it's just outstanding. The women's stadium is on the same um, property, just mm-hmm. off to the side, very small stands, like just, it's a good field, but it's kind of, mm-hmm. it looks like a training field for the men's side. It was the same when I was in Italy. So when I played, I was playing for Bari uh, when I was in Italy, we played against Juventus the men's stadium amazing the women play on the men's practice field it's a turf field it's crap the field is terrible 
and it's the men's training facilities. So the locker rooms are not theirs. It's not their home, their home field. You don't feel like it's your place to be. It's your home field. You don't have, you know, your locker with your name on it and those kind of things. So, um, I mean, that's just one example for us. We don't have equipment right now. The gyms are closed in France. We don't have access to a gym. We don't, we don't, we don't have equipment have a gym normally we use kind of a local gym in the area but because it's closed for covid we can't we don't have a special treatment we don't get to go in there so we're not doing any weight training we're not doing anything like that and i think that's where you see the the difference on the men's side they have their own facilities they have their own weight rooms things like this so they can still train like normal through the whole pandemic and we're kind of trying to figure it out you know so See, when you talk about discrepancy and then afterthoughts, this is exactly it. It's a, it's a massive afterthought. And I'm sure if you put money into this or, or some sort of support, you're going to get a grateful people. And I think, you know, you're going to get top athletes, not just at big clubs. Well, you know, and I you... think, yeah, I think this is the biggest thing on the women's side is, is they always say like the women are just happy to, to be there, like happy to be playing. Right. And I think now that you hear the players, the the top players speaking out and say, okay, yeah, we still want to be playing, but we better be getting paid for this. Like, we're not just mm-hmm. happy to be here anymore. It's starting to make some noise and it's making some changes. And I mean, we've talked about this before too, like, you know, baby steps, but it's, it's making a difference. And I mean, you saw it in, like you said, the NCAA basketball, that was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And it took but them- to the point, it took them like a, a split second to realize, oh crap, the fact that social media actually exists yeah. in the 21st century we probably should get you know things in order um you mentioned Juve by the way the women's league uh they're first and they haven't lost this season I'm just putting that out there and the fact yeah. that they they play on a turf field um I don't know like and I, I'm not, lost... not a good turf field either like it's not it's not like oh this is like good quality turf no this is like a carpeted turf like kind of that old really flat is it like Hershey yeah, it's similar to Hershey, old yeah, okay. Hershey. <laughs> that was not fun. If you're from the GTA, you'll know you'll know Hershey Field. <laughs> Hershey, yeah, Tomkin and Matheson, I believe, or Matheson yeah. and something. But Matheson, um, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's that blows my mind. The fact that you know you have these top talent players winning every year, and they still have to fight for the fact that they need to play. And obviously there's other factors in place like family and, and motherhood and children and stuff like yeah. that. And hopefully we'll get to that next week when we'll do our, our major show there. But like, I think it's well, about and, the fans. And well, like you kind of said, kind of switching gears a little bit on the social media platform, that's kind of where the women are, are speaking out on social media. And mm-hmm. I saw something really interesting during the whole Super League thing. Um, a couple of the players had like tweeted and posted and said, if, if racism got this much attention on social media, would it make a difference, you know? And so I think that's such a great platform to use your voice, the women's side through racism, through all those kind of things to try and make a difference. But it's kind of sad that this Super League, when, money, when there's money involved, people get angry mm-hmm. what do you yep. think about that like in terms of it, it blows my mind and i think i've said this to the main show on garage store sports same thing i was like listen money talks right there's nothing you can do to get around that the thing we've learned is no matter how much you advocate as an athlete yourself it's the fans who come to the game that make a difference if right. they don't collectively make a movement towards this it's not going to change so you had millions of people around the world that realized that something was wrong and they fought for it, correct? But now okay. it's like, well, what, what don't you realize about the women's game not getting enough attention? So I'm sorry. Like, if you say one word, I swear to God, if 100 million fans say one word, it's mm-hmm. going to cause changes. Um, same thing with racism. You can have players advocating like Patrick Banford when he said what he said in his um, right. in his interview or Raheem Sterling over the last couple of years, or you have, you know, leaders of the game say, but it doesn't make a difference because the players are treating those players like family to begin with. Right? right it's the right. it's the fans that are the ones that are the problem so uh, i think if you put enough focus on it and it's kind of cooled down but uh, racism always is going to take a backseat so it's the women's game unfortunately it's just it's going to get swept on the rug like you'll hear about it for a day and then you won't hear about it for three right. weeks until something major happens and i don't like that but i don't know how to stop that i don't like what do you what do we do like how do we how do we change this this weird cycle of um right well what's kind of cool um here in France and I told you about this is um the federation so the French federation 
um, they kind of rule over the the leagues. They do this thing where they have um, it's almost like a players union, and a couple players from every team. They do like courses and events and things like that. And one of their events they had to do was they had to do these speeches, and the players get to speak on a topic that they think is important. And then two winners go to Paris. So two winners from every team go to Paris and then they, they do it in front of the Federation and they do their speech. And one of the topics, one of the girls on my team, maybe we can have her on the show one time. She's, she's from Texas. She's American. And she did, her topic was how, um, you know, people of players of different darker skin colors are kind of put into this box. So when the commentators speak about the players, you know, if it's someone like myself or, you know, De Bruyne or somebody, some, some white player, it's, oh, they're so intelligent. They're so creative. They're so yada, yada, yada. And if it's a different um, ethnicity, they're like, oh, they're, they're fast. They're, an they're big. They're, they're big. big. Right. And so yeah. her speech was all about this and how even the way the commentators speak about the players makes a huge difference. So if we can change like those little aspects that, because the fans, you're, you're listening to this information all the time. If you're watching the the games you know saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday you hear the same thing over and over and over about these players so if we can change even the way that you speak about these players i think it'll start to change the the way the fans think about the players and the way you see these players and so i thought her speech was really really interesting and i think it's kind of cool that now they get to say something like this and have a voice to the federation so maybe now they can say to the commentators okay we can't box these players Mm -hmm. into a certain category yeah, no, I got a stat in front of me um, about that. So it's really cool is, so light-skinned players tend to be praised 62% for intelligence, 60% of the time for hard work, or 62 or 63% for quality. Whereas um, players of darker skin are more likely to be referenced about their power of play by 6.59% versus 3.3% for their pace. Um, and then criticism, it, it, about 63% of criticism is towards uh, a player's intelligence. Um, wow. If you're, if you're under, if you're a darker skinned player, they, they, player, com- yeah. they comment about the fact that, well, he's foolish or something. Right. Um, right. So like, this is, it's an interesting article on, on the guardian. If everyone's listening, it's a chance to, to see it, but they do break down um, how many times games are done or like what is being said or how it's being said. And I think the biggest example here is Adama Traore for Wolves, who, yes, right. he looks like a rugby player, but he's one of the best dribblers in the game and mm-hmm. he doesn't get enough credit for that. And how many times you hear the commentator, wow, he just ran that guy over. Wow, he's a big guy. No, he he dummied the player. He dribbled right around him. He didn't just run him over like a truck. The guy just got in the way. Well, so. It helps. It helps that he's a, he's a tough dude. Cause he'll, he'll right. blow by anyone, but like the players that they put on him can't mark him. And so it's like, well, he used his power to get around. Well, no, he's a better player than the guy they yeah. put on him. Right. Um, so there's just stuff like that within the game. And I know I told you last week that uh, Kaylin Kyle, um, fantastic commentator. She she knows the game really well, and mm-hmm. um, she got called out for for the, her use of language for Crystal Dunn. And I don't think she meant it maliciously, but it was just I think it becomes ingrained when you hear it in sports for thirty plus years. And I'm sure I'm a victim of it all the time. But if it's being said and it's like this continual cycle, and we talk about cycles again, um, it's hard to break patterns. It's it's right. hard to break these things unless like you you know you get a color commentator and then they sort of change the 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 game that way but um i mean people of color don't get a, a lot of opportunities in, in in places like this and if they do they're not commenting they're doing something else right and i think we're in a, kind of an exciting time it's scary there's a lot going on but i think it's exciting in terms of change that these things are being called out because you know maybe this is not something that normally you even pay attention to you just watch a football match you listen to the guy speak and you go on with your life but now that you know somebody online or whoever is calling out like Kaylin Kyle like I'm sorry but you can't use this like why are you boxing this player in why are you doing that now you begin to realize okay I need to change the way that I speak or I need to change the way that I think Mm -hmm. and I think that will have more of a domino effect because so many people watch the game right so as soon as the commentators maybe change their language a little bit maybe Mm -hmm. you start to think a little bit differently as well so I mean it's it's something small but I think it makes a big difference or you know, do the right thing and just mute the mute the commentary <laughs> and then watch without it and commentate yourself. I mean, I don't know if you've heard Martin Tyler, and I, I love Martin Tyler because of his calmness, but sometimes he'll just say something, and it's like Bob Cole when Bob Cole used to call uh, Habs games, and 
and you're like oh dude please stop talking <laughs> or like peter jury <laughs> and like peter jury is a fantastic commentator as well and sometimes he's he falls under this vicious cycle of of doing that right. and we also live in cancel culture so do you think that eventually these commentators will start getting canceled out because i think so i mean if you watch football you saw it with don cherry he kind of <laughs> got real badly canceled so um, like I said, we're kind of in this exciting time where people are taking note of it and people are not mm-hmm. tolerating it anymore. So I hate cancel culture. I hate the word cancel culture. I think it's it can be used for bad things, but I think it can also be used for good things. So as long yeah. as we're doing it in terms of good things and to make a difference, I, I think it's a I think these commentators are going to start to see more criticism on mm-hmm. terminology and just the things they say during games. So interesting okay one one thing i do have to tell you um i just found this super interesting yesterday did you see sergio aguero's uh paneka miss on a penalty and it was just the grossest thing i've ever seen (laughs) no i saw i saw so angry when the the fourth ref put up his number wrong on the on the substitute did you see that no, I didn't see that. I just saw his oh. Paneka and I was no, like, No, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. So, uh, for our listeners and for Paige, what happened is uh, he gets a penalty and this could have put Sydney in the lead and not lost the game uh, yesterday. Um, and so, what happens is like Edward Mendy doesn't move. He doesn't move. So, right. he does a Paneka, but the ball goes like super slow. And you've seen how it just tops. So, oh, yeah. all, all, all Mendy does is puts his hand out and, and <laughs> stops it. And Okay, I don't know if this would have if if um, Raheem Sterling did this, he would have gotten so much flack for it. But oh, yeah. Sergio Sergio Aguero in his comments were like, "It's okay, buddy. It happens to the best of us." Blah 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 blah. They're like literally coddling him. And I okay, I don't know. Like maybe this is just my brain because of what social media is. But if this was Raheem Sterling or Riyad Mahrez or anyone Benjamin Mendy or something, um. I swear to God, they would have been like, well, you're trash and blah, blah, blah. Trash, and what like, are you doing here? We don't and like slurs and whatnot. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I don't know if you remember David Beckham skyrocketing a shot yeah. over, <laughs> over the crossbar, but like no one ever, everyone just laughs it off. But like when you see a player of color, I don't know. I just find that weird. I, I really do. And it's like same thing with uh, Sergio Ramos when he goes in and negligently hurts someone. That's fine. Yeah. But um, when Musa Sissoko just puts his arm out for something that was accidental, it's like, he gets sloshed for it. So right, right. Um, I think people need to choose what they what they fight for. Yep, I'm just saying. On. Choose our battles. Let's be smart here, guys. Come on. Oh, Let's rally together. Let's choose the right battles to fight. Yeah. Or like people don't have an answer for something, so they start dissing you based on your physical features. Yep. You're like, what is well, that? Welcome, what game is that? Welcome to the women's game. If well, you, yeah, I saw it in the women's game. That's why I'm saying it. Well, if you watch if you ever see a game on YouTube, for example, like YouTube will do those live streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to turn off the comments. It, it drives me nuts. If you look in the comment section, all the comments are, she looks like a man. She blah, blah, blah. They shouldn't be playing this, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's disgusting. It, it makes me feel gross. I have to, whenever I, I'm, I'm like, I'm just trying to watch the game. I'm not trying, I don't care what Joe from Texas has to say about <laughs> this girl's body. Like you're not being paid, shut up. Well, you so, don't know this person. Like who cares? It's like, um, there was a comment this morning that I was, uh, sorry, a little off topic again, but it's okay. Um, but it was, a uh, Penny Alexiak, uh, gold winner for Canada in the swimming competition. She made a comment about Tom Wilson and his negligence and, and the way he's going out to hurt players mm-hmm. in the national hockey league and the guy, like she puts it on her story. So guy comments, you just posted that because you wanted everyone to see your lips. Oh my God. So, I, I have no words for this. I don't. I really so it's, so you missed the fact that this guy almost broke uh, a Termini Panarin's neck or like punched the guy defenseless on the ice. That's what you're not focused about. You're focused right. about the fact that Penny Alexiak, um, uh, her lips look different. I, lips? I don't because you because what what's how does that affect your life? Shut up. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. And and people great, go um, out of their way to make stupid comments to the female athletes and it's and male athletes too you just see it more i think in the women's side in in terms of like well they sexualize the women and that's this. the problem yeah. it's 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 yeah. looking at the bodies versus the actual talent and, and that's the problem and good on penny and i think a lot of female athletes where they they have responses ready and she's like well you know what it wasn't my goal but thanks for noticing my lips yeah thank, <laughs> it's thank like you. okay <laughs> um, next thank you next <laughs> but god like i think we're in a in a culture and i think back to the, the 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 super league there i'm glad it's done um 
Yeah, back but, to the super league. <laughs> sorry, we went. I went on a tangent and about leagues that are not soccer based. I apologize, but it's just giving examples to our listeners here. Right. Um, what do you make of, I guess, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and um, I think it's who else is left in Juve not being the three teams to pull out? I don't know. Do you? Okay. Do you think that that has to do with the the leagues that they're in? Because you saw right away the um, EPL teams were like out, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. So I posed a question to you. Do you think that ha- has to do with ownership or, you know, them being in um, a different league than the EPL with, you know, the EPL's threatening, threatening, threatening? I know FIFA is threatening too, but mm-hmm. what do you think uh, about that? I mean, I think the, the Premier League did what they did is because whether you want to, you know, entertain this idea or not but it is the best league in the world um especially with the with how many european players are there how many national team players are developing like it's just a great program and you have top managers coaching here right um so i think having 14 other clubs and players say to you that we don't recognize you as a team anymore um, even though you bring in our revenue that hurts them um i think in the spanish league and the italian league I'm, i'm quite surprised no one's actually come out and said anything because We've known that Real and Barca and Atletico have led the La Liga for quite some time. So if they leave, who's your champion, Sevilla? I think it it dilutes the league. Yeah, you know, I think it kind of washes it out a little bit. And like you said, the Premier League is is I agree with you. I think it's the most entertaining. It's the most competitive league. You know, anybody can win it a game, whereas Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily see that in in La Liga or Syria or anything like that. So. But I, I wonder if it has to do with ownership of clubs, if it has to do, I mean, we all know it's a money thing at the mm-hmm. end of the day. I mean, the Super League is just a money grab. Well, you look at you look at the three clubs that are still in it. They're the teams that are, have been complaining about money the most during the right. pandemic. Um, right. Juve have had to pay installments to, to, to fund players like Gonzalo Higuain years ago. They couldn't afford his, his fee, so they had to split it up for years. Um, right. When they wanted Nicola Pepe from Arsenal, they offered money over three years or something like that right so so do you think then, for them it's like a debt thing like a like a i don't know like a cash advance to get out of debt is that why they're trying to stay in the super league that and also to to fund ronaldo's contract apparently right, that's you what you've been, you've been complaining <laughs> about our barca needs the money and i find it i find it very ridiculous in the sense that real madrid and barcelona are the top five most valuable clubs in the entire world mm-hmm. um they sit four and five on the forbes list and then obviously it's based on property and player value of and course, stuff like that yeah. if they're worried about money then shed salary shed things make changes invest into things that will actually get you the money you need women's game hello jenny hermoso right. cough cough um, <laughs> um but yeah, Barca it, being in the in the Champions League final on the women's side. Where's yeah. that? Where's that news? Come on. Yeah. But no, I think, you know, there's those are three clubs that have been complaining about money for quite some time. But I don't I think it's just greed at this point. And yeah. now they want to sue the other nine clubs who are dropping out, meaning they can get more money. And I think it's a little ridiculous. And well, and we also saw how quick um some of the owners were were let go, fired, you know, left after the clubs uh yeah right after the clubs dropped out of the of the super league so i think it's like hello it's a problem and i think you you look at real for example who's aging poorly barca's aging poorly i think juve's heading down a different path and i think if this league stayed they would have had the resources to replenish that squad and i don't think they have that that right now so let's say um juve and whoever stayed and the league went ahead you think like Ronaldo Messi you think they would have left these clubs because you know the the FIFA rule was that you could not play for your national teams I wonder though like I'm I'm where would they go though because all the major clubs that they could go to was it would everyone just go to to PSG or would everyone go to Bayern or Dortmund I mean that'd be fun seeing um you know Ronaldo in the Bundesliga just scoring goals with Lewandowski like uh, I'm for it (laughs) um and I mean I mean uh, Messi and Ronaldo are kind of getting up there in age. So do you think they would have been like, well, I'm retiring from my national team anyways. Uh, I don't no. really care. No, they're chasing a World Cup. 
Ronaldo is chasing national, uh, international trophy. There's no way. Same thing with Messi. I think he wants that World Cup because if he gets it, I think everyone will finally say that he's better than Maradona, which right. could be a conversation to have. But I, I, I think he's still. If I ask your brother this question, he'll say Messi's better. But, um, oh gosh. Uh, no, I think they should get sanctioned. If that means those twelve clubs, and I'm okay with, you know, like I said, Liverpool, United, City, et cetera, et cetera, getting this, but ban them from Europe for two years. I don't care. I if that means you're going to lose players, then lose players. If that means Pep Guardiola isn't coaching, coaching City anymore, so be it. If that Bring means Klopp leaves. Well, no, because then United's <laughs> the one that's in trouble too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you, you like, okay, settle this for me. This blows my mind. How is Spurs and Arsenal considered top clubs in England over the last four years? No offense. I like, I, I love Arsenal. Uh, I love no, Spurs. I agree. Arsenal's but... been trash. I'm sorry. Arsenal's been trash. Spurs have been up and down for me. I mean, but United's the same. United's been up and the United's have trash seasons and they're still like the best in, in the Premier League. Yeah, money. <laughs> exactly, money. I think reputation plays into that. I mean, yeah. if I'm going to list off, you know, the top five or six teams, I'm probably going to throw Arsenal. I'm probably going to throw Spurs in there based off of history, big not six. necessarily the last four years. Yeah, yeah, the big thing, it's money and it's reputation and it's these things. But I agree. I think, I think Arsenal's been trash. Um, can we officially say Leicester is a big, big time club in England? Can, are they a big seven? Are they, are they, are they the new big six and, and Arsenal sort of just going to falter out until they figure out what they're doing? I think eventually this will happen. I think I love Leicester. I think Leicester is such an entertaining team to watch. I think they've proven themselves in the league. I mean, they've won the league. They've, they've done big things. They play big games. So for me, they are up there. I think they're still more of a, fan like like the the people's champ you know what I mean so I don't want to put them in the the top six because I think you 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 associate those top six with money and blah 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 and I want to keep them as like the the people's champ so (laughs) I don't know they have a special place in my heart them and Leeds I love Leeds I don't know why Uh, oh well I mean I was advocating for guys like you know Marcus Rashford or or um Daniel James, for example, who doesn't get minutes or like guys like that on, on teams just going over to, to Leeds or Everton or, or Leicester or something. And it's just like, well, I'm okay with that. Deduct yeah. points, kick them out of the league and just let the players go and have Mix them it up a little. Yeah, they can't lose academy players because then maybe that would would hurt them. But uh, right, right. I, I'm very curious. I'm very interested to see how these sanctions come out. And, and um, I hope they're I'm harsh. I really do. Well, and I'm curious to see the movement of players after that. If they mm-hmm. if they really, like you said, give the harsh sanctions, what's going to happen? Where are players going to go? Are we going to see a more like spread through the league? Because you know, I mean, you see like Jesse Lingard going to West Ham and and how great he's been there and not being in know, pressure. Yeah, yeah, just having a fantastic season after he moved there. I wonder if you know you move some of the other players from these big clubs and and maybe they have other fantastic seasons with with lesser clubs and it mm-hmm. makes the league even more competitive so i would be yeah, very my, interested to see what my favorite there. phil jones is going to go to a, a small time oh, club stop. and end up become the best player i mean chris smalling left and he ended up becoming one of the better center backs in, in italy so here yeah, I'm, I'm just hope jones I'm, come on i'm hoping for phil jones because when he when he was bought he was supposed to either replace michael carrick eventually or become a right back and then a center back and it just never worked out it so never worked um, I think he was in over his head. I think that's no, he just made his money. He was like, that's all I'm going to take. Yeah, he's like, I'm good guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> all right. We're going to wrap up our starting 11. Um, just a reminder that today's starting 11 was brought to us by Shenzi Shack. Don't forget, don't forget to give Shenzi Shack and chef Sab a follow on Instagram as they bring you cuisines from around the world. They deliver and are available for pickup in the Vancouver area. And we will catch you after this break. Hey guys, it's producer Jake here from Benning House, the Garage Door Sports Network's ultimate degenerate gambling podcast. Catch our episodes weekly on Apple, Spotify, and Google as we bring you banter, laughter, and of course picks for all sorts of games throughout the week. Give us a follow on our socials at BettingHousePod where you can catch all our bets each week as well as some bonus content. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Let's get rich. 
What up, guys? It's your host, Nick McVicker. And if you are looking for a weekly sports podcast to fill your sports needs, you've come to the right place. Garage Door Sports, hosted by myself, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, brings you all the up-to-date news, notes, and opinions on everything in the sporting world. If you like good conversation, good friends, and a lot of jokes being thrown around, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to check us out on all your favorite streaming sites, and we will make sure we bring you content every Saturday right here on Garage Door Sports. Shea Creams is an all-natural and organic skincare brand. We ethically source our shea butter through our partners from West Africa. Our creams are then handmade with love in the UK, making sure our products are at the highest quality, maintaining their natural origins. Our purpose at Shea Creams is to deliver you the highest quality skincare line that fits your personal needs. You can purchase our products via our website www.sheacreams.com or via our Etsy shop Shea Creams or our Amazon. Thank you for listening and we hope you love our brand. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Now we're getting into our extra time segment. Um, let's talk Champions League. Woo! Woo! Uh, oh, First of all, what? We got everybody wrong except oh, like everybody. one team. That was bad. Okay. All right. Can we talk about the women's first? I'm super yeah, yeah, excited yeah. about the let's women. Let's do it. So how do you feel about a uh, Chelsea-Barca final? Um, I, I didn't see that coming. Um, to be honest, I didn't because I, I honestly thought Lyon would still be the best there is, but clearly they're not anymore. And that's, that's good for the women's game. That is not just one predominant side. Um, I'm happy Barcelona's in it. Cause I, I mean, obviously I didn't pick them to go through because I'm an idiot and my love for Jenny Hermoso is fantastic. And that's all you hear every time she scores. I literally told you, I was like, she's going to have two very big games um but i don't think it's going to be enough and it was enough and every time every time uh just for the listeners out there every time uh jenny does something great i get a text saying jenny (laughs) (laughs) so his love for jenny is real but i think she's a fantastic player yeah i'm super excited for this final the final is next week for anybody who doesn't know it's on the 16th of may so next sunday Mm -hmm. um and i'm stoked for it i think chelsea is the better team but i think barca will surprise like i think they're a really exciting team to watch so i think it's going to be a great matchup we should try and do um a live twitter or an instagram thing and just have sure yeah let's work on that listeners we'll work on something cool with our (laughs) social media manager you guys yeah um but yeah i think chelsea's a more complete team bringing in perneal harder was probably a smarter decision they've made um and they were already very good and the fact that they bring one of the best goal scorers in the world Right. Um, and well, we, and then, we already talked about how it hurt Wolfsburg at the end of the day by bringing her it in. Did. So. It did. It um, did. Not that, you know, the German league is still very competitive. Bayern and Wolfsburg are still fighting for one and two. So they didn't take that away, but I think it took away from the European advantage. So question for you. Do you think, um, you know, we know Leon's out of, they have been out of the Champions League for a while. Do you think, because they were playing with um, some COVID issues. Do you think mm-hmm. that had an effect on them making it to the final or not? No. If you take a look at their season this year, and I know you've seen it close hand, they've probably been comfortable in two or three games. Yeah. And that's it. Like they didn't look comfortable in their quarterfinal matchup against, uh, sorry, not quarterfinal, round of 16 matchup against um, Bromby. Like even though they they won 5-1 on aggregate, it didn't, they didn't look strong in their finishing. Um, you know, their, their marking was good, but at the same time, like these teams were finding ways to counterattack them. And um, well, well, I don't know if changed. you saw, but Leon just got a new coach too. Did they? Yeah, they just got maybe a week or two ago. They <laughs> they got rid of the coach that they had, and they have an old player. Um, I forget her name. Her name escapes me. But um, she's their new head coach. And I think part of that had to do with them not being in the Champions League after what five years of being in the finals so. yeah but I, I at that point I don't blame the coach for what happened I, I like I there's, there's collective like you have players who are leaving at the end of the season first of all you lost Lucy Browns last year uh Ada Hedberg hasn't been healthy um they didn't find an adequate replacement I'm sorry but like as good as Nikita Paris is she can't lead your line the way that right. Ada Hedberg did right. and and that's why I keep fighting for uh Medima heading over to Lyon because I think that will be something they can invest in. Um, but 
No, that blows my mind. I'm sorry, like to listeners, I, I did not know this. Thanks for your page to bringing it up, but I just that blows my mind. Like that wasn't the coaching fault. I don't think it's a coaching well, issue. And I liked like Vassar, John Luke Vassar was the the old coach, and I I liked him. I liked his coaching style. I mean, even playing against them, he's a very um, just from the outside looking in, he's a very calm coach, and I think he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's been very successful there. So you won Women's them, Coach of the Year last year too. Like well, I don't. That's what I mean. He's 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 been top of his game. Right. And so I think for them to do such a huge change like that and to blame maybe champions league and things like that, I don't necessarily agree with. I am excited that they do have a female head coach in there now. She's an old player. Um, Her name is Sonia Bompaster. So I'm excited about that and interested to see what she does for the next season and see how the, how Leon progresses. And I agree. I will say, I know I'm straying from Champions League here, but um, so their first match with the new coach, Buchanan was on the bench. Mm-hmm. There's changes. Sure. That's the problem. I don't know. I don't think Buchanan's been the issue this year, though. I, I agree. I think Renard has been a bit of a liability. A bit yeah. of a liability. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she is like a French legend. So I think if you bench her, it could have some not so great effects in terms of fans and stuff like that. And I think you're mm. dealing with more of a political issue there than, than just a player issue. So, but I mean, I was sad to see Buchanan bench. That's for sure. <laughs> but like, I think we're, we're seeing that around the leagues and I know, sorry, we're straying away a little bit again, but like, if you don't know the language or you're not French, I think, for example, for your league or even in the men's league if, or in an EPL as well, if you don't speak the language or you're not um, a patriot of that language, for example, you tend to be dropped. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that a lot. Like I'll give Eric Baez an example who I think is a better defender than Maguire and Lindelof in terms of his marking ability and knowing what to do, but he's not going to get played. Right. And I think that's the right. same thing here where uh, as good as Buchanan is, she's not French. She's it's not like a, it's a, it's a pride team. thing. It's a French pride thing, I think. But like, if you want your game to grow, if you want your game to get like you, you okay, Leon, for example, is a super talent domestically and they're also super talent in the champions league like i don't understand why there's discrepancies between players and i mean i think you see that on your team maybe um you see that on 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 the other teams because you're so close to it but that blows my mind you win coach of the year in every sport and then you're fired because you have a a rough start whereas you know guys like um mikel or tata get you know an extra leash or something like that so right right all right moving to the men's side oh we're gonna pick our winners Oh, we didn't pick our, okay, let's pick our winners first on the women's, okay. So I'm going to pick Chelsea only because every time I pick against Jenny Hermoso, I'm wrong. All right, I'm going to pick Barca because I want the underdog to take it. And I've been, they've been great. They've been so good in the Champions League and I am rooting for them. Oh, I am too. (laughs) In my heart, I am, but I know that based on my trend is if I vote against them, they might win. (laughs) They might win. Reverse psychology. Um, but kudos to Chelsea this year. I think Emma Hayes is a fantastic coach, coach of the yep. year candidate. Um, I think she's good enough to coach a men's side. That's how good sure. I think she I is. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So congrats to both clubs and um again, and, and May, it's gonna be fun. May 16th. Check it out. Find a way Sunday, to watch it online. Sunday. 3 p.m. Eastern time, because that's what it says on my thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the GMT time, but um, yeah, hopefully we can get a live show going, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure something yeah. out. All right, men's league. I oh got that gosh. wrong too. <laughs> that was bad. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You got the one, men's... right? You got Chelsea. Yeah. Because I, I sensed it. I sensed it. <laughs> I did not. No. <laughs> I did not. Well, I mean, I think the coaching change has helped Chelsea a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Thomas Tuchel's beat Jurgen Klopp, uh, Diego Simeone, um, Zinedine Zidane, and Pep Guardiola twice. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> That's something that Poch hasn't been able to. Jose Mourinho has a hard time doing that, and they're considered one of the best coaches best, in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. And anyway. you got to look. He's got the same team. He's got the same Chelsea team. Mm-hmm. There, there's no major. They brought in, you know, like a superstar, like a Cristiano Ronaldo that's scoring them a bunch of goals. Just, just a coaching change, and it no. makes all the difference coaching change but also the fact that you know Lampard couldn't figure out where to play players and sure. Tuchel comes in and goes I'm an experienced coach here's what I'm going to say to you whether you want to listen to me or not 
that's up to you. I mean, I saw him yeah. yell at Ben Chilwell for not taking a, a throw in fast enough um, down the line. So, Hey, I, I think, I think they, they're afraid of him and they respect him for how long yeah. remains to be seen. Cause it's Chelsea and he'll be fired in two years, even if he has sure. like five trophies. Um, okay. So back to the, I guess the champions league there, mm-hmm. uh, Chelsea city, two great English clubs. Um, first time since Liverpool Spurs, uh, in the finals, but, uh, do you have a winner in this one? Uh, I'm I'm very confused to be honest. For with me, you. I think City or yeah, I think City might have the edge. I hate it. it pains my soul to say it. You saw my face just spaz out. Cringed badly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, but I think City's the better club. I think overall they've been more consistent and yeah. just if you look at the players they have, even the players coming off of the bench, like they've got like line after line a line of decent quality you know, world-class players and they've had, you know, they've had success through the entire season, whereas Chelsea's kind of struggled a little bit and now they're becoming successful. So I, I wonder if that is going to play a part into the, this match, but for me, it's city. I don't know. What about you? Who do you have? I'm a little worried if I'm city, uh, you lose in the FA cup to, to Chelsea. Yeah. You lose yesterday on a late goal. Um, yeah. so it hasn't been that the games haven't been close. It's just, Chelsea's found a way to edge them. And that key player I keep saying is N'Golo Conte. So I think, does that mean you put Bernardo Silva on Conte the whole game? Just match for match? Match for match. Like that's the only way you can nullify the fact. Just follow him. If he goes to the bathroom, go with him. Like, I don't know what to say to you. Just go with him. Um, I've had coaches say that before, actually. Yeah. That's what my coach would always say. (laughs) Especially when you're young and it's like, okay, follow number seven. And if he comes off, you come off. So you rest and you're like, okay. Okay, and then he's thanks. like, but like, do I, I was like, do I follow him after the game? I don't know. But I don't know, mom. I'm confused. Uh, um, but if they can get Silva or they can get maybe Gabriel Jesus on him as well, yeah. or um, I don't know who who can really keep up with him. If they can nullify that, I, I think you're fine because the fact that he's well, playing he's a playmaker in every, at this point. That, like he 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 if you saw that that first goal, I believe of Mason Mount, he starts yeah. the play. He oh, yeah. he's in the midfield, wins the ball, sprints to the other side, makes the pass. The goal comes happen, like the goal happens. So like he's your he's your player, and he's Chelsea's probably and Chelsea's going to stop Kevin De Bruyne, and that's that's about it. And if you can take away that false nine cents, we'll see. But um, I do think City's a better club, and I think I think they should win just because of what they are. So I will pick, I will pick City as well. Okay. I'm not picking Chelsea again because that um, that hurt my heart. <laughs> I'd rather City win than Chelsea. I, I've been, I don't know about you. I know you like, I know you like, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't <laughs> see City, uh, Chelsea succeed. I just see John Terry every time I see Chelsea. So. And I mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for Conte for sure. I, it always breaks my heart. I don't know. I forget who they were playing. And this was a couple of years ago when he slips in the midfield. Do you remember this game? Uh, was this Angola Conte? Yeah slips in the midfield and I can't remember who they were playing takes the ball and score and they lose the the match I gotta find this and it, it breaks my heart every time oh see that's the that when I remember a slip I think of um oh, was it the Arsenal game might be Arsenal Conte slips and then Ars- uh, Martinelli goes scores, Martinelli right? scores yeah he slipped yeah. right in the middle oh, oh Conte I love him um no I every time I think of a massive slip up I think of Steven Gerrard Steven which Gerard, literally yeah. literally gave the title the city that year EVG and yeah. it, oh my god that's his only only downside of Stevie G's career yeah um, but, but that's the most memorable part of it yeah, unfortunately no, sorry I can't pick Chelsea I'm gonna go against no. them city's gonna win yeah, I'm um that's uh damn it's gonna be fun uh quickly Europa League uh, our our boys are in the finals against Villarreal. Did you see the the second uh, Roma game though? Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. First game um, was I, it six, six two or something? Six two, and then they lost three two. But like three two. Oh, but if you take a, if you watch that game, a lot of people were praising Donny Van Der Beek and, and Edison Cavani for their great game. They were not good. No. They were poor I mean, in the midfield. They came been pretty good, like overall. I think in the box. Uh, in the box, he was yeah, great but... in the box when he tried to come and receive, or when Donny Van Der Beek was trying to clear the ball. He just defensively, they didn't look good. No, um, well, Van Der Beek, they... I think, is a little bit out of his league. If I'm being honest, he's just he hasn't general. played enough. Um, he just needs more that... experience. He just needs more experience. That's all. 
I think he needs to try and find a way to play in that Pogba role. Yeah. So when, but, when I mean, Paul's you're not, not going to play over Pogba. Which is fine, but I think he needs to be able to come into the game and play any of the, the, the top attacking roles. Yeah. Not as a striker, but like what Rash plays or what um, Martial has mm-hmm. been playing or what Paul or, or Fernandez plays, that three there in the midfield. I think he needs to come in and play that. He can't be a holding player. No, that's something we've fall, noticed. He, I mean, he could be like a false nine or something too. Just kind yeah, of but that's something. But that's something United's never going to do. No, never, never. Um, I should coach United. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's um, try it. Put in my application. Uh, hello, GS is they're winning, and that's the only thing that matters. So right, right. Do they beat Villarreal though? Because Villarreal, um, I'm not sure if you watched that game, but kudos to them. They broke Arsenal down. They found gaps between the defense where you know it's going to be similar against United because you know David Luiz can't mark, and neither can Harry Maguire. Well. And United makes a lot of defensive errors, a lot of defensive errors. So, I mean, if that's Villarreal's game to just capitalize on those, they, I mean, you could see it, a couple goals going in, right? I, I don't think me, it's going to be a blowout. No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be like a 1-0 game or a 2-1 game or something something like that. But, I mean, United, United chokes sometimes. Like, you know. Sometimes? i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt so i mean for me if you can for them if they can just capitalize on on defensive errors for us because like you said people people don't mark players mcguire doesn't mark players mar is the worst marker in the entire world well if you see jekko's goal you see the the goal that went off alex tellez it starts from mcguire not picking up his guy that's basic it's like defending one-on-one find a player find a player right well, that, and then you expect Nemanja Matic to do your work for you. They had a back five at one point, and it still right. didn't make a difference. And it's this is where I think Eric Bailly needs to start, or Axel Twanza Bay needs to start. Mm. It's not going to happen, though. No, it won't happen. But, no. I mean, I think it'll be a good game regardless. Like you said, I think it'll be pretty tight. So, I mean, for me, I would love United to win, but I'm also more excited about a good match. Because it's always yeah. nice in the finals to see a good game, you know. It's going to be boring watch. <laughs> don't say that well i mean you've seen finals with english clubs in the last couple of years and it just it just hasn't been great okay pick a winner united the is gonna win that's my pick i'm going okay. underdog this time <laughs> it's gonna end up being very similar to that sevilla game last year yep. where we thought united's gonna boss yep. the midfield and they did not they choked they choked yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think Villarreal wins like one nothing or two one or something in extra time. All right, well we'll see. When when is that game? You have the date for that game? I don't have the date for that game. Hold on, talk about yourself one second. Let me find it. Talk about myself. Yeah, how's defense life going? Um, defense life is difficult. Um, <laughs> they found I'm the date. We're good. Okay. Uh, May May twenty sixth, so just after the long weekend. Um, okay great and while we're at it let's find the men's champions league because i don't remember that one um it is the 29th may 29th okay so it's the the weekend after yeah long weekend so busy busy times yeah Yeah. let us know what you think who you think's gonna win do you agree with our predictions i mean to be honest we're usually wrong i mean i'm usually wrong on that page so feel free to to comment on that yeah Um, we'll throw something on the instagram and let us know uh let us know what you think Exactly. Well, that does it for our extra time segment. And that sort of wraps up our episode for today, Paige. Uh, any final thoughts before we head off? Um, like I always say, make sure you watch women's sports, support women's sports. I will say it until I die. Um, we talked a little bit about racism. So if you see it, if you hear it, call it out. Um, if you notice commentators Pay attention next time you watch a match. See if you if you notice kind of like what we were talking about, putting these players in boxes and let us know what you hear and what you think. And yeah. If you want a great example, sorry to cut you off. If you want a great example of that racism is BN Sports when uh, Ray Hudson is on the call Mm -hmm. and when he talks about um, Leo Messi uh, and then he compares it to someone else on another team. Uh, Just watch that. Like that's that's the most vivid thing I can think of. Any final thoughts for you? Yeah, um, I'm going to call it a tire fire. We didn't do it on our main show, so I'll do it here. Uh, Real Madrid's my tire fire. Like, absolutely botching everything. They have 
the money they don't have the money to, to do anything Eden Hazard hasn't been what they want uh their squad is aging uh, Florentino Perez just doesn't want to give up the dream of the Super League because he's a three-year-old um mm-hmm. Zinedine Zidane I think is on his way out um yeah. and so are the aging players I think we're going to see Real Madrid sort of going through that uh United mid 2010s uh, rebuild phase where unfortunately they were not the best club they were just a top six club obviously it's right. a league I think they'll be a top four club anyways but um, I don't think they'll be as good as um, they've been in the past so that's my tire fire that's my thought I don't think they're thought good for enough. the day they're not good enough you're um, sitting on that one you're like I'm ready for it <laughs> I've been waiting like I wanted to say yesterday and then didn't get the chance to say it so I'm gonna say it today so perfect I love it Awesome. Well, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Give us a like or leave a rating. You can follow us on Twitter at Touchline TH. Page is on Twitter at Culver underscore page. I'm at Irfan Manji. Don't forget to follow our network at Garage Door Sport or GarageDoorSports.com and follow our segment sponsor, Shenzi Shack, on Instagram and place an order to see their menu. We have our Instagram page, so please also check that out. Uh, If you click on our profile on Twitter, you'll see our link tree. Our logo designers in there. Uh, when we get our graphics, that you'll see our graphic designers. So please go out and support they. They're fantastic people. Um, we're fantastic people. There you go. We That's are. our Sunday. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers in the world. Thank you for what you do for us. You all are special. Uh, soccer moms, sports moms, all mothers. Um, moms make everyone happy, and uh, that's that's all I'm going to leave it at. That uh, Paige, great show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a co-host. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and we will see you next week. Yeah, cheers. Cheers.